0: I want to say it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Luke Combs posted like his uh, recap for the concert in Detroit, which he posted on Twitter. I quoted the tweet and I was like, yo, you're looking a little rough. Come through, get a haircut. (laughs) Not thinking this dude's (laughs) going to see it. So Saturday morning, it's like, I don't know, like 10, 1030 in the morning. I'm like finishing up a cut. My phone goes off and it says that, uh, this guy Ethan is trying to message me, so I go and look, and it says, "Hey Dave, my name is Ethan. I'm the tour manager for Luke Combs. Luke saw your tweet and wanted me to reach out to you about coming through to get a haircut." <laughs> and at first, I'm like, "Bro, this gotta be fake!" Like, right. I like yeah. <laughs> so like I didn't respond right away, and then he like <laughs> sent me his number, so I like immediately called as soon as the number came through, and I hear him. And I hear Luke in the background, and I'm like, yeah, what time you need me there? He was like, if you can pull up around like 4 o'clock.
1: This is episode what? Okay, we're in. Are we?
2: We're rolling. we rolling, ain't we? All right. This what? is episode 24. 24. Of the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast. Let me hear you say it. Athletic Aesthetic. My, my dog. He's been putting in the reps. Brother. Bro, a lot of reps, bro. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, perfect practice makes You know what? Anyways, got it. Hey, you may may notice we're wearing the same outfits as last week.
1: Yeah, man, we had to do it, man. I ain't even going to lie to you, bro. We've been trying to get this thing together, bro. we're excited about these episodes. We want to give you guys the content every single week. But unfortunately, there's some other circumstances outside of this (laughs) that we had to fight against. So
2: no, I mean, it's all it's it's actually incredible because when you start a podcast and you don't have guests lined up. It's actually kind of intimidating, but now to get to the point where we're actually able to double up and shoot two in in a week because people are willing to come on. Double trouble. It's it's I'm excited, dude. So we we did two. Uh, to, we, you know, if you're watching this now, we re- this is obviously pre-recorded. Yes. Um, but we have a, an incredible guest again today. We have Pittsburgh Dave. You may have seen him on social ooh, media. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, he's an incredible celebrity. Barber, he cut Luke Combs' hair, and yes. I mean, people say that that's why Kenny went up on stage was because he was blown away by by Luke's haircut. Hey, it might and be, bro. I'm it just, might be the reason was, why KP got up. on he stage. He was just there to get a cut. And and that's what really happened. Ended up with a you know shotgun and a. What was it, a Miller Lite or something? I
1: don't know. Bro, I don't know but I, I think, me personally, I got to go shotgun a beer with Kenny eventually.
2: I think we should have Kenny here. We've already pitched this. We just have him shotgun a beer right here in front of that AA logo. <laughs> Shit, I'll do one. I probably might not make it work the way that I expect it to, <laughs> but I'll do my best. <laughs> nah. You heard
1: it here for years. But, but no, nah, yeah, What was your takeaway with Dave? Dave is a really good dude, man. Dave has a lot of good things coming up here in the next couple of months, man. He's been actively working on his craft, um, and that's the one thing that I really appreciate about him, bro. He's an artist in his own realm, mm-hmm. and he's looking and he's he's searching for other artists out there that are in the barber world who want to collab and want to do these things, and that's yeah. shocking, bro. That's
2: what I love about him is that, like, uh, you know, as a creative and as an artist, you try to, like, hide your hand from, yeah. like, a lot of people. He seems the opposite. He really wants to help people, you know, because he notices people have helped him and 100%. Uh, he's been through, you know, different jobs and careers and life adver- adversity that has, you know, gives him that perspective of loving what he does on a daily basis. So to get to do like the Luke Combs deals and all that, Huge. there's a lot of like under the water iceberg type stuff that people don't see, right? Uh, that we get into a little bit here on the podcast. So without further ado, we would like to ask you guys, as we always do, what do we got to ask him to do? Like. Subscribe, share, repost, and everything in between. I don't know what else you could do other than listen and pay attention. Follow us at Athletic Aesthetic Pod on social media, any platform. We're on all of them. Find us there. And shout out to our sponsors, the Pavement Group. Yeah. And we're looking for more, and we're going to keep saying it until we
1: get more. (laughs) All right? It's going to happen, dog. So we are Athletic Aesthetic, and we...
2: Love you. (laughs)
0: my goal what, what? as a barber, like i want to be able to just do whatever the hell i want when i want like and i'm starting to get to that point but i have like flown out and done some pretty cool stuff like so i flew to oregon to cut granger smith's band okay um and got to stand up on the side of the stage while they did their show and uh, i'm gonna be cutting him he's actually on like his uh farewell tour right now okay so he's getting into i wouldn't say it's like uh pastor work but he lost his son four years ago. Today's actually four years since he lost his son. And uh, he's helping people who have gone through like losing a loved one. And uh, that's kind of like his focus is like helping people find their purpose after a loss. So uh, I'm thinking I'm probably going to cut them again for the Pittsburgh show. And then we're going to the one in Columbus as well. So and then I'm going to fly down to Dallas-Fort Worth for his last two shows.
1: Oh, that's going to be nuts. Yeah. <clears throat> You're going to have a good time down there. Oh, yeah. yeah getting a little Texas bit wild. A, a little bit wild, you know. Now, Texas, Nashville. Are you from were
2: Pittsburgh favorite. originally?
1: Yeah. So I was born and
0: raised here. Grew up in Swissville. Okay. Uh, went to Woodland Hills. Damn. Went to high school. Dude, with, that's a second yeah. Woody High. Woody graduate High. graduated here in the last
2: w- We had years. Double she's a uh, uh, news anchor. On, oh, yeah. Is it? is it WPXI? Yeah. Yeah. What year so. did you graduate? Oh nine. Oh, so no. I was
0: there. So Gronkowski was actually there when I was in high school. I had Homack with him, which, dude, that was wild being in class with him. Like he's literally the funniest person. <laughs> like how you see him on TV is rude. That's him. Which is Craziest rude?
2: Gronk story from high school.
0: Me and him, we got paired up the week that we were making steaks, and he would always get double.
2: You mean, like in Homack,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> okay. yeah. I, dude, I got paired imagine up with Gronk, Gronk and Homack. <laughs> dude, <was> big ass. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you what, that boy can cook though. He For was real? like, he was like, I got this. And He just shoved it up, bro. Gronk is hands down one of the nicest people you'd ever meet too. He's
2: been like that, yeah, even since high school.
0: Since high school, like, I'll never forget like just being in class with him. Like everybody was like blown away by like his size and stuff like that. But then like once you actually got to know him, nicest guy you'd ever meet. Really? Like honestly, genuinely cared about everybody. Like yeah, never let who he was get to his head. That's yeah. a lot of the guys, that are, Like, I went to high school with Lafayette Pitts, uh, Kane and Mosley Smith. To,
1: you went with, with Laf? Yeah. Hey. He was a year behind me, him
0: and uh, KK. Okay. And, hey, like, shout they, out to KK. I grew, on, I grew up on the same street as Lafayette when he moved to Swissville. Him and his brother, Quentin, they lived up the road from me. Wow, like, so you really from the hood, up. for real. Yeah. Kid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. from and the then, hood and, loves country. I love it. <laughs> and KK lived, like, over by, like, the Triangle Bar and Grill. I used to see him all the time when I would walk to the basketball court to play yeah.
1: basketball.
2: Okay, Pittsburgh
1: Dave, so like, man. He, yeah. Hey, that's hey, my hey, name. Hey. I was just I, I had yeah, to make, make sure you.
2: that Pittsburgh Dave was, you know, a yeah. Pittsburgh guy, He's know? a true Pittsburgh guy. He from what <laughs> high?
1: What's the what's the yeah. uh Chan Again we did it with Kara. O D Y. That sounds hard. What he high? Is that yeah. It, yeah.
0: Yeah, what Hills was uh it's definitely a lot different than when I was there, for sure. Yeah. What was it like when you was there? Man, I remember like third grade, walking in, first time seeing metal detectors in the school. <laughs> that, was <wild>. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. Boy, we shook for a second.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> and all the bomb threats we used to get. That was yeah. see, this was, was crazy. Nowadays, things actually happen. Back in the day, people was just talking about it. Like
0: they'd be like, "I'll go outside, stand out in the parking lot." You know what yeah. I mean? Bro, I was in swimming class. I'll never forget. Tenth grade. Literally made us get out of the swimming pool for a bomb threat in the middle of winter. Oh. Bro, grab Very your towel odd. get outside.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Damn. <laughs>
2: Everybody <Yeah. laughs> was freezing. <laughs> That's torture right there. Bro.
0: Yeah, but uh, Woodland Hills was a good time. It definitely like made it up, me appreciate, dude. like... Really? Woodland Hills definitely made me appreciate, like, where I'm at now. Like, uh, my dad passed when I was 10 years old, so my mom raised me by herself. Uh, didn't really have a father figure, so... I mean, it was on me to kind of, like, figure out how to be a right, man. Right, right. And uh, I definitely went through, like, a lot of hard times growing up. And as a young adult, like, in my 20s, um, went to college, dropped out, uh, worked all different kinds of jobs, mainly, like, physical labor and stuff like that. And uh, being able to find my passion as a barber has truly been, like, the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, uh, it's given me, my daughter and my wife, the best possible life. And, uh I just can't wait to like continue growing and like this uh upcoming weekend i'm teaching at my first barber expo so i'm okay. really excited
1: that's huge congratulations that?
0: connecticut the ct barber expo it's the i don't want to say the world's biggest barber expo I, I know it's the biggest expo in the united states but wow. there's like people coming from like israel and like Damn. all over the world to come to wow. this
2: so what will that look like? You're teaching, like, a workshop, like a breakout? or
0: uh, I'm going to be teaching at a booth. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing, like, up on the main stage. Yeah. Probably not because there's, like, bigger guys with our brand. But this is, like, I got selected for the U.S. team. So the guy who started this company, his name's Josh Op. He's uh, from the U.K. And he's actually moving to the U.S. And he wanted to start a group of educators here. So I got selected for an intern role, so I'm, like, learning underneath some of the bigger guys. Okay. And, honestly, when I applied, I was like, there's no chance I'm going to get selected. And I did the interview process. Josh wasn't able to make my interview, so I interviewed with the director of education. And, apparently, I killed it because <laughs> uh, when they announced the team, I just remember I was, like, freaking out. I was like, this is so crazy.
1: That's it's huge, awesome man.
0: But, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's crazy because, like, so many barbers in Pittsburgh think, like, you can't, like – do anything beyond the city, which is so false. Like There's so many barbers that feel like they're stuck behind the chair. Like There's so many opportunities, it's just nobody's trying to go for those opportunities. Mm. And it's it's like a path that I saw and a lane that I saw that I could take that nobody else was doing. So my end goal is to try and bring some of that back to Pittsburgh, regardless if other barbers here want to support it or not.
2: Yeah,
1: that's the problem. I feel like with Pittsburgh, man, I, I mean, we're supportive of our teams, but we're not supportive of each other. You know what I mean? You see so much backlash and so much hate backdooring that it's crazy, bro. Like, the people that you would expect to be there for you and be rooting for you sometimes be against you. And that's something that I wanted to ask you next, man. Like, why not bring a barber expo to Pittsburgh that's built straight from Pittsburgh? You know what I mean? Because we got some good barbers up here, man.
0: Yeah, I think that it would take, like, barbers like myself, uh, Cuts by Lido, Bam, um, and some other of the bigger-name barbers in Pittsburgh to try and do that. But that's on us. Like, I feel like... I mean, I'm honestly willing for anybody to reach out to me. I'm willing to reach out to anybody. And honestly, that's a great idea. And uh, I think that we could honestly pull something off, even if it starts off small, like at, like, the Monroeville Convention Center or, like, some hotel in downtown Pittsburgh and eventually grow it into something bigger. Um, Stage. I just feel like the... <laughs> I feel like the barber industry in Pittsburgh is just so far behind on times. See, I hear this. Dude, welcome to I every creative... Thing in Pittsburgh. Every (laughs) Every
2: every thing in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is behind, and not even just that, dude. Like, um, I mean, I lived in Charlotte for a few years. Mm -hmm. Not that Charlotte's like light years above where the city of Pittsburgh is, but I just learned a lot. And then when I moved back to Pittsburgh, it felt like I didn't leave. Like nothing really was that different. But then when I went back to visit Charlotte a year later, it felt like the whole city had changed. And I'm like, the rate at which Charlotte progresses. You know, it's crazy. Is much more rapid than Pittsburgh, where I was gone for five years and I felt like nothing, nothing changed.
0: changed. You're right. Yeah, and I feel like Philly is so much further ahead, and that's what? How many hours away? Like, yeah. that's crazy to me.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I, I do feel like since being back here, there has been like a new, maybe even just since things have opened up after the pandemic, that people are just really inspired, and and there are a lot of those creative breakthroughs. I mean, I'm a, I'm one of them that, that has, you know, basically since covid made their brand you right. know what it yeah. is so uh, like you know i see you doing it and you do it heavily through content and you're you know it's not just about you know what i've learned is not just about doing the best pair of custom shoes or the best painting or the best whatever you do like you could give the best cut in the world but if people don't see it, it and don't people matter. aren't sharing it and people aren't talking about it you know then you just did the best haircut in the world <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean to you to something, so. yeah it's about So, I don't try to be the best barber
0: in Pittsburgh. I don't try to be the best barber anywhere. What I try to be is the best barber for my clients, the best barber for whoever sits in my chair. And, like, the whole thing with, like, the professional athlete thing for me, like, Jason Zucker comes to me all the time because I treat him like a normal person. I don't, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did this or (laughs) stuff like that. Like, we talk about being dads, we talk about being husbands, we talk about, What he's doing outside of hockey, like with his charity and stuff like that. He has multiple businesses that he owns. I mean, there's so much more to these athletes. And I feel like people just, like, fangirl over them. And, I mean, I feel like that's, like, such a put-off for them. Like, when I went to go cut Luke Combs at Heinz Field in the Steelers locker room, I mean, we talked for, like, two seconds about how big that concert was. But for the rest of the time, it was about him being a dad, how his wife's expecting another kid, um, how he sucks at golf, <laughs> like just stuff like that. We He had the yeah. NFL draft on, and he had the golf tournament on the TV in the locker room. I mean, yeah, he's a normal so guy. Yeah, he just wants to be treated normal, and he was telling me how he downsized his house, and Nashville has a two-bedroom house, and he just wants to be able to, he enjoys being able to just walk his kid in the stroller around his neighborhood. He was like, yeah, of course people look at me like, oh, shit, that's Luke Combs, but, like, at the end of the day, he was like, I'm a normal dude that just has a really cool job.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's the thing, bro, I don't feel like, (laughs) I said this the other day, I said I don't feel like anybody's famous, I think we make them famous. Yeah. Right? So with that said, man, like, we're natural people, we're human beings, you feel me? Like, everybody that's going through something is going through something in their own right, in their own realm, especially with athletes, like, or, artists like Luke Combs or eventually on how YouTube will be in the city, right? It's like you're not trying to get famous. You're trying to do what you love to do. You know what I mean? And that's something that is very important to remember is that we're human beings outside of what we do. And like you said with athletes, right, we don't often get seen as human beings outside of the sport. It just doesn't, it doesn't look like that, right? Because when you watch it on TV, we do it at such a high level. They do it on a level that not too many people understand. These kids, these adults see these people as superhuman. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you're not supposed to make mistakes. You're not supposed to keep messing up. You're not supposed to grow. You're supposed to be the best version of you right now every single time. And that's not true because nobody is. Mm-hmm. You need growth. Yeah. Everybody needs growth. Everybody needs time. Just because I'm better at one thing, you might be better than me at other things. For example, you're great at cutting hair. But you, Josh Jacobs just happens to be better at playing football. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. He can't cut as good as you could cut, but you can't play ball as good as he could play ball. We're just we're all superheroes in our own right, but we gotta see each other on the same playing field. We all
2: got cuts just in different forms. You feel For me? Yes,
1: sure. too. <laughs> yeah, that was good.
0: But yeah, uh, like I was saying about like cutting these different athletes and stuff like that. So like getting to meet like the different coaches too, like Coach Narduzzi is one of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet. Hey, listen. (laughs) (laughs) He he keeps it real (laughs) all the time. All the time. Um, All the time. Like, what you see on TV is Coach Narduzzi, like, He's just, that's the way he talks even outside of the
2: facility.
1: No, that's the, that's one thing I could be honest about is Narduzzi's Narduzzi. Like how he talks, how he speaks is to every single person the same way.
2: So I have, I have a funny Narduzzi story. I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell this because it's not my story, but (laughs) Cody Sable, who I share the space with and I were at a charity event. And if you ever wonder, like, do these coaches really buy into the culture of their team and their program that they're building? Uh, I, I don't know about all of them, but I know that Narduzzi is pit through and through because <laughs> this dude was in, at a charity auction. Cody did like a, a speed painting. And um, rumor has it was that uh, Pat was telling his coach to stop bidding on the piece because Cody's a Penn State fan, which isn't even really true. Yeah. But like there was a rumor that Cody was a Penn State fan. Those don't go like, for it. Listen, don't buy this yeah. painting. I got a second story for you. <laughs>
1: I got another story for you. I'm right. gonna we'll keep it short and sweet. It's funny as hell. We're playing Penn State. We gotta play Penn State this week. And our dude, he's out there looking, just looking around. I'm like, what the hell is this man doing, bro? <laughs> come to find out, bro, he didn't even let certain stillers come through. Like, <laughs> we were practicing indoors, so Penn State fans couldn't watch what we were doing. Mm. <laughs> and then, like, if you played for Penn State and you played for
2: the Steelers, you
1: weren't allowed to come in through the indoor facility. <laughs> so you told we me, were practicing. You tell me Narduzzi's Damn.
2: not rocking a Friarmouth jersey uh, no. to the game? No, when yeah. I say
1: in terms of him being a pit man, bro, like, if you're competing against him, good luck to you, bro. Because yeah. he's trying to compete every single day, trying to get an edge on you some way, somehow, however he can get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I respect it because he's willing to compete at all costs.
2: Yeah. Well, what, well Kickler, one of our uh, guys that helps, he's not here today, but he takes photos of our show, and um, he did photography for Pitt last year, and he'd come in here. That boy was whooped at the end of training camp, and you would have thought he went through training <laughs> camp. And I'm oh, like, man. bro, you all right? And he's like, dude, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> just the amount of work that was required of them. But anyways, dude, I, I want to come back to the Luke Combs story because... yeah. To, I know, like, you know, you said that conversation with him was, you know, a, a regular conversation, but that moment was not a regular moment for no. you. And not saying that you're not worthy of that moment, but yeah, I'm sure that that felt really cool. So take me through that day. How does that connection happen? Walk us through that.
0: So uh, earlier that week, I want to say it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, Luke Combs posted like his uh, recap for the concert in Detroit, which he posted on Twitter. And I was like, I quoted the tweet, and I was like, yo, you're looking a little rough. Come through, get a haircut. <laughs> Not thinking this dude's going to see it.
2: <laughs>
0: so, Saturday morning, it's like, I don't know, like 10, in the morning. I'm like finishing up a cut. My phone goes off, and it says that uh, this guy, Ethan, is trying to message me. So, I go and look, and it says... Hey, Dave, my name is Ethan. I'm the tour manager for Luke Combs. Luke saw your tweet and <laughs> wanted me to reach out to you about coming through to get a haircut. <laughs> and at first I'm like, bro, this got to be fake. Like, right. I don't I <laughs> so like I didn't respond right away. And then he like <laughs> sent me his number. So I like immediately called as soon as the number came through. And I hear him and I hear Luke in the background. And I'm like, yeah, what time you need me there? He was like, if you can pull up around like four o'clock, I get there. They park me by the tour bus. They give us all these like wristbands and I had to get like a sticker for like on my pants to like go to the certain areas that we were in and they take us like to the speakeasy area and like the whole time we're like going through Speak my wife. Speakeasy area? Yes. Yeah, so like, it was accident? a private bar. It was a private bar for just me and my wife.
2: I don't know this, okay? So don't don't look at me like yeah, dude, you idiot. I ain't yeah, you know say that. It's a speakeasy you... for a reason, dog. We don't talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So
0: me and my wife were like walking through with Luke's head of security and she just keeps like looking at me and I'm already nervous, feeling like I'm gonna throw up. And <laughs> <laughs> we get into like the speakeasy area. I'm like, I'm gonna grab a water. I was like, I can't start drinking yet. So I, they take us. I'm waiting outside the Steelers locker room for, like, 20 minutes. He's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to check and see if Luke's ready for you. Literally just stand there with my barber bag, my ring light. Like, I'm ready to cut. Stand there. We go in. Luke's sitting there with all his boys. He So, Luke brings this couch. I don't know how long he's had this couch, but, I mean, the letter is literally ripped. Like, he was like, I bring this to every show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he was like, come on, Luke. <laughs> man, man,
2: you going to go buy a new couch yeah, now.
0: So this dude's in there. He has his Appalachian state, uh, hoodie on. He has some basketball shorts and some slides on and, like I'm setting up my barber stuff. They get me like, they get a chair for him, set up my ring light. And he's like, you ready for me? I'm like, yeah. So he comes over and I'm like, I gotta do something to break the ice. Cause I was like, this is going to be so awkward. So he sits down and I do what I do to all first time clients. I'm like, so what do you do for work? dude he laughed so hard he was like you know just performing in 61 in front of 61,000 people tonight (laughs) and then I mean after that it was just like normal conversation he included me and my wife in the conversation uh then after while I'm doing the haircut his uh I don't know what the guy's job title is he like comes over and he's like hey you want anything to drink he was like what do you drink and I was like oh I'm good I got water he was like oh no he's like we got a full bar right here so, I was like, Jack and Coke. So, I watch him. He pours like three-fourths of the cup, Jack, <laughs> and like opens the Coke and he's like, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit of
1: <laughs> I was
0: like, all right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, this is what type of night we have. In our but, head. yeah, uh, the
0: whole night we had that private speakeasy. Me and my wife, we'd go back and forth, get our drinks, go back up to the pit by the stage. Right. Um, Dude, that's dope. My wife's friend and her husband, we met up with them. They came down with us and uh, it was just a great time. I mean... The way that Luke Holmes and his guys treated me. And then uh, Luke was telling me how he was looking for a barber in Nashville. And I happened to have a friend who's a barber down there. So I hooked them
1: awesome. up. So. Man, you should have said that. You should have been like, nah, I'm your barber still. It's cool. I'll <laughs> yeah, drive
0: yeah. down. No-
2: <laughs> I, bro, I thought
0: about it, but I was like, you no. Know, uh, I love that. I mean, just how the whole thing went down. Like, they were like, anytime we're in Pittsburgh, we'll be sure to hit you up. Like, I mean, his security, his tour manager, everybody was just so... Cool people. Yeah, great guys. Uh, you know, like, when you when you meet someone that's, like, in a circle with, like, somebody that's famous mm-hmm. or, like, has a name, and they're like, oh, he's down to earth, this and that. Like, I mean, I've definitely met some pro athletes, and I'm like, man, you guys were lying. Right. <laughs> so, right. Bad, <laughs> so bad. Like, I there's some guys that I've met that I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to cut your hair again.
1: Give us a story, but don't give us a name. <laughs> oh, nah, that's, you like how I said oh, that? Careful <laughs> here Give us a story But don't give us a man, name
0: uh Damn There's a professional NFL player I'm not gonna say what team I'm not gonna say anything well, You gotta do that it. Just give us a story Give us a story But uh, We were texting And he was like Yeah uh, I need a haircut bad bro Like I was like I, I got you He's friends with uh, Someone that I cut That played at Pitt And uh, the day of, he, like, texted me. He was like, hey, bro, uh, I'm not going to be able to make it. Something came up, which he had, like, an autograph signing. Right. Which makes sense. Well, then, like, social media, you see, like, people that went to the autograph signing. Bro got a fresh haircut.
1: Oh. Cheated on his barber. (laughs) Dude, I didn't
0: even cut him before. I'm just like. Yeah,
2: he lied to you. It's about the fact that he lied. Yeah, like, if you. Like just I'm cool you Like you were like
0: I got a cut Alright cool I got you next time yeah, Whatever dog.
2: But like now Like when
0: I can't even say it. Like if I see him somewhere <laughs> Hold, up. Hold up It's just awkward
2: Can we If if we If we beep it out Can you tell us We need to know Yeah If you can beep it out Yeah we'll beep yeah, it, 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 it out, be out
1: Oh I was shit. thinking <laughs> It was that Like <laughs> if friends with Hey That's yeah. how I was like soon as he said he used to play on Pedestrian I know exactly who the fuck <laughs> it is. Yeah. But, hey, we'll cut that out though. Cut yeah. that out. Cut that yeah. out.
0: But bro, I was I was low key super salty about that. <laughs> I was like, damn. I want be too. Like literally, I like I was gonna order a jersey. Yeah, bro, I took that shit right out of my cart. I respect it though, great. bro. I respect it because you guys. Yeah, gotta but I heard he's friend. a cool dude. But like when I'm down at the facility now and he sees me, bro, he like stays away. Like I'll like go out outside to the outside facility to like right. watch pit right bro he'll stay far
2: from me really he won't even say what's up that's so weird bro well, well it's like i think people like they feel guilty you know what i mean like he knows like oh, he, I, f- I, you fuck know what I mean like, i fucked up yeah but, but at the same time at the same like, time like i'm like, nobody cares it's, it's like, old
1: you feel me it's old
2: bro like
0: nobody it is cares. what it is like that's like people are like <laughs> do you ever get mad when your clients don't come to you anymore and go somewhere else i'm like no? Yeah, I've had people... You know how many people there are in Pittsburgh that need fucking haircuts? Listen, Magics. it's so
1: funny, though, because I was talking to my boy about it, and I, he was like... <laughs> I was watching one of his videos. He's a barber, and he had one of his clients come, and he said, so you cheated on me. <laughs> and he started laughing. He was like, you know, okay, bro, just give it love. Bro, and did I, you
0: see that one with the Middle Eastern dude that was like, oh, the dude didn't know what to do on the top? Like, one of his recent ones? Yeah. Bro, bro, I was the
1: last dude to cut that
0: guy's hair. So I asked him, I said, what do you want? He was like, oh, I just wanted to come over. So he lied to AJ in that video dang bro because when he left he was like oh yeah this is crazy." but then i found out before that he's been to like four or five other barbers because like other barbers were like didn't you post this haircut i'm like yeah so like there's like what what are you you talking about this dude is it's like a homie hopper he's a homie hop he's a he goes he hops from barber to barber so like this dude's been to like damn near every barber in pittsburgh uh, he's a clipper, and tracer. he just yeah, he just like <laughs> those are real terms. Yeah, I'm just making shit up, right? Now. But, <laughs> but
1: yeah, homie, homie hopper is a, a real term.
2: term. Homie hopper, homie yeah. hopper. You know the role yeah, that? Yeah, I'm, assu- with I'm assuming that isn't just for people getting haircuts. No, nah, it, it goes on. deeper. We are gonna talk yeah. about that later. I <laughs> went to forward. I didn't go to Woody High, so I didn't get these terms until I was in my late 20s. But yeah, bro, like, I met like, black people for the first time. I didn't meet the medieval. Listen, those are the worst
0: kind of people though. The ones like there's so many clients that'll like come to you. And then, like, you can't fit them in. Then they'll just go and talk shit to, like, another barber. Like, the barber doesn't know you or isn't cool with you. Yeah. Pillow talking. Bro, crazy. <laughs> I find out uh, so much stuff about myself. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I
2: did, I did cleats for, like, back in 2015 when custom cleats became, like, a, a, a thing. new thing. And um, it was Jesse James. You remember Jesse James? Mm-hmm. Tight end for Steelers. I did a pair of Thon cleats for him. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I did another pair for him. And so I'm like, this is my, like, main NFL client, so I'm, like, hype, the next year. He doesn't hit me up, and he gets them done by this girl who went to Penn State. So it made sense, right. you know what I mean? And I, and I, she was honestly, like, at the time, better than 99.9% of sneaker artists in the whole game. She actually works for Jordan brand now she does like other wow. colorways and like her customization got her a gig there so I was like dude I totally understand but so many people hit me up and they were like damn dude you didn't do because Jesse's a hometown dude right. like so a bunch of his boys you know who I grew up with played ball with him so right. they'd be like dude Jesse didn't get his cleats done by you and I'm like yeah it's cool and they they were like damn like I'm so sorry like people apologizing to me and I'm like dog it's Okay. okay, like it's, mm-hmm. it's really okay. I'm not out here like stressed about it,
0: dude. Honestly, I could tell you there's so many athletes that'll be like, "Oh yeah, bro, we gotta, we gotta link up for a haircut." Never, Never happens. happens. Yeah, but I mean, like they'll like, they'll message me so many times. Like there's a pitcher for the Pirates that's been doing that to me recently, and I'm just like, "Here's my <laughs> here's my booking app. Quit messaging me." Like
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm too tired of you. Yeah. Either yeah. book
0: and put a card on file, or like. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm to the point now where like, I can't really accommodate that stuff unless. So like, Jason Zucker, like I come in on my days off for him, but he knows like Monday and Tuesday I'm off. Yeah. And regardless if they got a game that night or whatever, he'll like hit me up and he'll be like, "Hey, this is the time I'm available." He's like, "If you can't do it, he's like, I'll get you another time." He's like, "I'm not gonna go nowhere else." Like he's one of them dudes. He's a loyal dude. Yeah. And. I mean, Jason knows, like, if he hits me, I was like, the only time I got is, like, 5 a.m., I'll be there. Right. But he, he takes care of me. He respects my time. He pays me well for coming in because he knows it's my time off. And those are the kind of clients that I appreciate. Like, I don't care if you're famous. I mean, there was a stealer who was on – he was, like, a third-string guy. I was cutting during COVID, like, pulling up to his place. Right. And he was like, how much? And I would, like – I would give him shop price – He try and lowball me and Venmo me ten dollars less than that. I'm like, (laughs) bro, is this? You play for the fucking Steelers? (laughs) You over here trying to lowball me, bro? He tried giving me twenty five bucks for pulling up. Damn, I was like, wait, you pulled up to his crib? Yeah,
1: at down south side, right by uh, McCormick. Oh hell no, that's a hundred. That's a hundred dollars immediately, at
2: least. Why do I know who you're talking about? Without (laughs) you saying it, you don't even. You you gotta (laughs) say, I know who you're talking about. You (laughs) don't (laughs) don't gotta say that. I
1: was like. But what's crazy is, though, man, like, it's just an appreciation of craft, right? Same thing goes with being an artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, you put in how many hours learning your craft, right? And we were expecting somebody to respect that. Unfortunately, we don't always got those type of people out there that respect your craft for the same things that they're doing with their own personal craft. So I want to say I respect what you're doing, man. But there's another side to this, okay? So I want to ask you a question. Very simple question. Very simple question. As a barber, where do you think you need to improve most? Mm, tough questions is my thing. That is a tough question. Um, (laughs) They're my thing. That's what I like to do. So I feel like I'm
0: pretty well-rounded. I would say, like, I don't really use enhancements, and when I do, it's very sparingly because I use it for, like, maybe, like, a pitcher or something like that. But outside of that, like, because of, like, my new, like, role that I'm taking on with the education... I guess, like, the public speaking side of it mm. and, like, being able to put into words why I'm doing certain things.
2: Okay. Dude, that's why you're different because if you ask any barber in the world what they could improve nothing. That, it's nothing. not public speaking. It's not. But your answer was public speaking. Yeah, that's, that's how I, you know your brand you. is, like, on another level. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you've already, you've been, like, ah, all this extra stuff. I can get better at, like, the craft. You could always get better at your craft. But when you identify, like, But to get to my next level of my business, like, I got to get this. Yeah, I mean, like, any
0: barber that says that they don't have something in their craft that they can work on are the ones that plateau and never... They're going to be that stale barber in a couple years. Like, I'm 32 years old, so I'm not, like, young like a lot of these up-and-coming barbers. Like, I'd say there's a lot of, like, really young barbers that they focus on one thing and that's all they worry about. They don't go and take these advanced classes. Like, I flew to Tucson and took a two-day class with this guy named Barber Phil, which he's one of the best barbers in the industry. I paid, like, three grand total to go to this and put myself in a nice hotel, stayed in downtown Tucson. But he took care of me the whole time I was there, like, took me out to eat, took me out to do all this fun stuff. And then two days of, two 12-hour days of hands-on, like, Sheer work because my fading is cool. It was the scissor work that I wanted to learn to take my haircuts to another level. And then he taught me like content stuff. And a lot of barbers, like, they look down on people for, oh, you're lame. You went and took a class. Man, bro, why are you spend all this money to go to the barber expo? But at the same time, their scissor game, their fading game, their content, whatever. Is keeping them where they're at, and that's why they're stuck behind a chair and not being able to do something. Just pull out phone and show
2: them their Instagram page when they ask yeah. you that. <laughs> yeah, it's just
0: like, let me show you my DMs. Why, yeah. like, and athletes, they want people that care about cutting hair. They want people that take their craft serious. Because I can't tell you how many of them been like, "Yeah, man, like, I didn't know where to go, so I just went to sports clips, or I went here, right. or I went there," and. I mean, there's some there like, you can just, t- he was like, I could tell the guy just didn't care about cutting hair. Right. Like, he was just doing it because
2: it was an easy form of him to get money. So, going from high school, were you cutting hair in high school? No, man, When did you start cutting hair? When I was 27. Wow, so Jeez. this is, like, a new venture for you.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to cut hair when I was in high school. Like, it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue barber school, but, like, my family is very, like, Everybody's educated. Like I was the first one that didn't graduate from college. Mm.
2: Damn, that's crazy.
0: Out of 20 27 grandkids? Wow. Now, that's oh, different
1: dude. because you usually hear it the other way
2: around. Right? I was just going to say you I'm the first one in my family to, to go to go to, to college. graduated. Yeah, so, so my I gra- barely did that. So my
0: grandfather, he taught at Duquesne University for 46 years. Okay. Sheesh. My Damn. grandfather has a private psycho- psychology practice, family practice. My grandmother does the same thing. My mom was a teacher. My mom had her master's in early intervention with autism. I have an uncle that was a lawyer in Portland, Oregon. I have an uncle that teaches music at Florida State. I have an aunt who worked for a publishing company. That's crazy. My one uncle was a very successful real estate agent. And then my other uncle studied philosophy. But all of my cousins are pretty successful people. My one cousin uh, went to Rice for like orchestra something, and now he's at um, CMU wow. getting his masters. Um, my cousin Sarah, she danced at Point Park. She's living in New York City, pursuing dance. Damn, dude! Um, Can we just get your whole family? Right, <laughs> literally <laughs> just do we'll one. It. It's episode, so crazy. We'll so like, I always felt like pressure to like go to college. So uh, I went to Pitt. Got there, got my student ID. I was hype. I was like, <laughs> this is gonna be great. And then. Like, halfway through my first semester, I'm, like, Six looking at my grades, later. and I'm, like, <laughs> Like, I pay how much to get these grades in? Yeah, and then, like, me, I, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I didn't really do, like, a whole campus tour or anything like that. Right. So, like, I just, like, Whatever classes were earliest I could get my day done with, bro, I was, like, going up and down that damn hill all day. I'm like... Legs on fire. <laughs>
1: <Bro>. <laughs> Legs on fire. I, I already know I thought what I was
0: going to have caps like Narduzzi, bro. Listen, nah, bro.
1: His caps are unreal,
2: bro. That's, that's difficult. Where does he find those tube socks?
1: Bro, listen, I said the other day, I said, bro, what do you do? Do you just do toe raises all day? Like, his calves just... are like... I've never checked out the man's caps. His calves is like your quads. For real? Damn. Crazy. Damn. Like <laughs> it's wild,
0: bro. But yeah, like my my experience at Pitt was great. Other than my grades and stuff like that, like I got to meet a lot of cool people. I'm still friends with a lot of people that I had class with. Um, so what what happens when you leave? Pitt? I left Pitt and just worked like all kinds of different like first job crazy out of jobs. college. First job out of college. Uh, man, I used. <laughs> you guys aren't gonna believe this, but I used to do like uh. It's called biohazard cleanup. So like we would clean up after like someone killed themselves or
2: unattended death. Dude, I follow some. This is some freaky shit. But I follow some accounts that are like bio cleanup Bruh. type shit. Wow, on how you did that? It's
0: not bad, honestly. Bruh, honestly, okay. Unattended death, it smells. But like someone shoots themselves, like or like you go and clean up like a murder or something like that. There's no okay. smell. It's just like depending on how long, like the blood and stuff. is <laughs> saying, like, My
2: sister's like, a mortician, so she works on. closely What's with
1: these. What's up with y'all? Hold with on. Time out. Time out. Time, <laughs> yeah. time out. <No>, yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. You said after somebody shoots himself, it's not that bad. Don't smell nothing.
0: <laughs> Bro, there's no smell nothing.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: here's,
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no way. Dog. My, this is your first shot. Right out. Yeah. First of all, how do you yeah. get into that? That's what I want to know. I was
0: good at like working with my hands, so like I was. Like, I was at, like, hands, so like, <laughs> was at, like
2: back, what? How right right they? Right, so back, back, it So first of all, the interview <laughs>
0: process, I wasn't sure exactly what I was getting into. They were just like, yeah, we were store places after, like some sort of oh, that's good marketing on there. Well, before it was like mold and like water damage, and then they were like, hey, we're gonna throw you in on the bio side because they're like you're really good. And I'm like, all right, cool. No idea what that (laughs) means. No idea. I was just like, they're like, it's an extra $5 an hour. I was like, sign me up. Sign me up. And they're like, you get your own truck. I was like, cool. So I'm driving around a Mercedes Benz, like Sprinter van, which are just throwing these bags of like with blood in it, which I'm like, once I get to the job site and I like see this stuff, because they're like, oh, here, put this suit on. So it's like Tyvek suit. And then you got to have like a respirator and all this stuff on, bro. I'm
2: tell Italian. Me. My cousin does that job, but he does, it's not recognized by the government. <laughs>
1: <laughs> His name's Uncle Tony. We don't want <laughs> to talk about it. Bro, bro. Okay. Bro. bro, I'll
0: tell you what. It was a crazy job. I did that for like two years. And then after that, I got into the Carpenters Union. Okay. And did flooring. I did a normal job.
2: <laughs> so yeah. to, hey listen yeah. This guy was like Cleaning up these sites He's like Someone's gonna have to put New fucking floors in here Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like I, I need to know I, I need to go. know
1: What's the most craziest scene You pulled up to?
0: Uh, Trenton, New Jersey Hmm Talk me through Just it Just the city? That, or everything Everything <laughs> That place is like The second highest Like murder rate Outside of Chicago Walk me through the scene Bro We walk <laughs> We get in there <laughs> We get in there like, you know it's bad when they have the cops just, like, there the whole time you guys are working. Like, you know... Like, they're there for, like, our safety. Damn. Not not for... Not for the family that just lost someone. They're like, yeah, like, somebody's gonna steal your vehicles. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're inside working, and uh, we think that we got everything, and uh, we go downstairs, and... Like, the blood from, like, ran across the floor and went down through, like, the wood floors. Like, we took the wooden floors up, took the subfloor up. It was, like, literally just the crossbeams. Well, it was so dark, you couldn't really see. So, we go downstairs, and it the blood ran to the chimney and ran all the way down all the bricks. So, we were there another two days.
2: The blood was
1: down the chimney?
0: Mm-hmm. Yo. Dude, that's...
1: So you almost ever throw up? I just, I'm curious.
0: Not from like anything like like the murder ones, but like the unattended death. We went to one where a dude was dead for like six months. Ooh, and then that smell, somebody hey. found, yeah, we, we walked in. left,
2: dude.
0: Uh, I mean, we don't see the bodies and stuff yeah. like that, but um, the couch was just like, it was so yeah. foul. And then like the carpet, there were so many maggots, it looked like waves, like at the beach. Like, I mean, like the carpet was moving. Nah, so when did
1: dude. you know you had to get out of that job? Like...
0: When it was summertime and I went to an unattended, <laughs>
1: and we
0: weren't allowed to open the windows, uh, <laughs> I was like, I, I just remember like, <laughs> so it was like a three-hour drive to this job site, and like the whole way back to the shop, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm quitting as soon as we get back. That was, a, was a, like, that was a SpongeBob moment when he needed water, <laughs> we needed air, like, yeah. yeah. But what was cool about the job though, like, it wasn't like you had to work straight through. So when you wear this Tyvek suits and the mm. respirators, there's like certain laws that. Uh, I think it's, like, you work for an hour, and then you have to take, like, an hour break okay. to give your body time, and, like, you gotta, like hydrate and stuff like that, yeah. So, we are getting paid a full wage, when, realistically, like, in a day, we'd probably do, like, five, six hours of work, but we were there for 12 hours. Listen,
2: man, whatever you got paid, you earned that shit. You, you earned, earned it. it. I'll tell you what, that was probably one of the better-paying jobs. Really? Yeah. I yeah. believe it. That's a story you could tell your
1: grandkids for the rest of your life, because I'd have never expected you to be working. I mean, yeah, I know you cut hair, but clean and
0: cleaning blood. Yeah, that honestly, the blood wasn't even, like I said, wasn't even the worst part. And then I would say the worst job I ever had was working at Kennywood in high school. Oh, listen, to this day,
2: Are you i you a rider or a game guy? guy. My bad. I food. food.
1: Man. No, you're right. Food. You were a food, food guy. Do you trust being a. <laughs> All right, no, bro. I don't eat at Kennywood. I don't eat <laughs> at Kennywood. And then, like,
0: growing, like, working there, you get to know people that, like, operate the rides and stuff yeah. like that. So, like, when I was in high school, I dated a girl that operated the Phantom. So, like, I was cool going there because, like, I knew a bunch of the people, and, like, two of the girls I went to high school with worked the same ride as her, so... Uh, but, like, nowadays, like, I definitely will, like, kind of, like, check out who's working, right. and who's working the rides, and I'm, like... You mean to tell me you, you don't trust some people? Bro, this is the stories me, I I'm, could like, tell These you... These guys
2: are all vetted. They got my life in their hands. The stories I could oh, tell
0: shit. you about working at <laughs> Kennywood... Start with what? The amount of people that have heart attacks while eating their food, bro. Like... Huh? Bro, (laughs)
2: like just guests,
0: or cleaning out. Like, I'll tell you the craziest story. So, for Fright Nights, you know Uh, the rapids. Yes. So they drain it. Yeah, I've walked through that.
2: It's like a voodoo something is what they call it. I think. So
0: after Fright Night, like they they just leave it empty. So at the beginning of the season, they have like the maintenance guys and like whoever wants to volunteer to like go and help like clean Mm -hmm. it out so they can fill it with water. There's deer that get stuck down there and oh. can't get out, and they just die. They just starve to death, and <laughs> there's dead, dead animals down there. How many? I don't know. I never went and cleaned it out. I just seen pictures. People uh, would show me.
2: Pete is about to be pissed when they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kenny, Kenny what they're coming for you. Listen, yeah. Kenny, Kenny was definitely a, a wild
0: place to work. Like uh, we would have like employee night where we would shut down the park early, and then we would get the ride rides, and then like our oh, supervisors sick. and stuff would like run the food foods. Oh, that's cool. That. That's I worked cool. at
2: Sandcastle. What year were you at Kennywood?
0: I worked there 2008 and
2: 2009. Dude, I was probably at Sandcastle the same year.
0: Yeah. I was a lifeguard. See, I feel like Sandcastle would be so much better than Kennywood. Heck yeah. Yeah, I didn't do anything. I wasn't like... I wasn't food though. So like, I mean, I was like sweating my balls off making fries and like making cheese steaks and changing out the condiments. Bro, changing the pop for the machine. Mm -hmm. Bro, I can't tell you how many times I like rip my fingernail off or like yeah cut myself bro yeah what is some slave labor and they <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Dude, any, and any they get away with paying rough. you they get away paying you below minimum wage because it's a seasonal job
2: i was making five dollars an hour yeah working at kennywood
1: what'd you make at Santa Castle?
2: minimum wage but i was sitting at the top of the towers um i think the lifeguards made a little bit more than the like food but um Whatever minimum for lifeguard is. Whatever. But I was I was the guy at the top that was just like, go. Go. <laughs> On the slides. Go. Yeah, and then you just oh, have some badass man. kid, like, <laughs> like, flick you off and just no, jump in. No, and- there's one ride at Sandcastle,
1: bro. It's the yellow slide, cuz. I did that shit one time in my entire life. When yeah. I felt my body do this, mm-hmm. I say yeah, it's raps. I ain't never doing that
2: again, bro. Yeah. I almost
1: shit myself the whole way down that damn slide. Yeah,
2: I remember... um That slide was mostly me just telling kids it's going to be okay and then watching them freak out and (laughs) then walk away and not go down it. Like the the amount of kids you you would just have, you'd watch them have like an entire like like panic attack moment right there where Mm -hmm. they're like, nah, this ain't me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. I'm done. I'm
1: cool. I ain't
2: going to lie. I was definitely one of them kids. I was definitely one of them kids.
0: (laughs) I got to the top and I was like, you know what? This ain't, ain't
2: it. it. <laughs> you were probably at Sandcastle uh, that year. That's what you get. It's buddy. It's all right. That's what you get.
0: though going to Woodland Hills because like a lot of my friends are black and like they <laughs> always have those moments where they're like, "Yeah, this ain't it." <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you getting ready to do something. Dude, like we we're getting ready to do the skydive thing at uh, Kennywood. Hell you know no. the one where yeah, you, I know exactly what yeah, you're talking about. We get strapped up, and my one friend, he's like, "I ain't really phone this." I was like, "Yeah, me either." So <laughs> we're getting ready to go. They already have it strapped up. They're like, "Yeah, you can't. You already paid for it. You gotta go up." So we get up there, and I'm like, "I ain't pulling this, mm-hmm. bro." They released it from down the bottom. The video is crazy. <laughs> I, I gotta do you see have that video. To it? Man, I don't. I don't know if my mom still has it. If you can, I'm gonna. Like, <laughs> I I'm need an, to see I'm that. Need this. We're gonna have to put this in crazy. the edit for sure. <laughs> Pittsburgh Dave flies yeah, again, yeah.
2: Dude, when we had MJ Devonshire, yeah. he came in to do an episode. We went out on the on the fire escape here to take a picture. Bro, he walked out there and was like. Oh, like he literally <laughs> just froze and was like, yeah, I'm not no, a heights guy. I don't like this, dude. See, and- here's, my, here's my thing, bro. I'm not a heights guy either,
1: but I want to skydive. No, hear me out. No. Hear me out. Hear me out. Can they hear me out, bro? Just hear me out. Because here's my thing. In a roller coaster, okay, I feel like if it malfunctions, there's too many other things that could kill you, just not only falling, right? With jumping, jumping out of an airplane, if I hit this ground, I'm not feeling that. How do you know? Have you ever hit a ground like that? I used to do my research, okay? <laughs> okay. I used to do a lot of research. That was Jesus my thing. Like, Christ. if I'm going to do it, I need to do the research. So I did the people who survived it. Oh, <laughs> and they didn't feel it. They said they didn't feel it. They just it was, woke up in the hospital. So in my yeah.
2: head, it's like... Mm. No, nah, I'm good. I don't think I could skydive, though. <laughs> I don't think I could nah. do it. Man, I remember... I freaked out just flying on a plane. I used there to work right. at Mario's
0: when I was in barber school. Like, Mario Southside
1: dangerous bro
0: no nah, it wasn't dangerous not that No, nah. i mean uh 2017-18 yeah that's a good year that was when it was popping i mean i still had my times where i had to like tell people they had to leave like i had the fun job like i'd go around just like hey you gotta go or mm-hmm. like you know the fourth floor mm-hmm. i would stand at that dorm be like sorry too many people you gotta wait till someone comes down right like that was my job like, that's easy bro so the one night it was hot as hell, and I remember I was up on the fourth floor at the end of the night, and I go out, I go out that door next to the bar that has like the fire escape, bro. I turned right the fuck back around. I was like, <laughs> I looked out, and the one girl Courtney, she's she's cracking up because she saw my face. She was like, <laughs> she was like, oh, you're scared. I was
1: like, I ain't scared. It was just. Windy, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's certain things I just don't trust. Like, that fire escape. Yeah. Some of these fire escapes. Pittsburgh's an old yeah. city, bro. And they don't fix shit. It just, they keep it old because that keeps the culture. Mm-hmm. You see them bridges
0: that they got to fix, still? 150-some bridges
1: that they yeah. got. That,
0: like, need maintenance. Yeah, the one going to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Yeah. Right before you go to Swissville. Mm-hmm. Yo, see, that's remember, one of the ones that got the. They had pictures posted like underneath
1: the supports are all rusted. Damn. See, this is what's scary because you remember a couple of years ago that whole bridge came down. Nobody yeah, died, but like, can bro, you imagine Biden being was in,
2: it? in town that day for to talk about infrastructure. Yeah, <laughs> and we folded. We folded <laughs> under pressure. That was right
0: by where I grew up. <laughs> really? Yeah, people were going like over by my mom's house to go look at it because you could see like, dude. dang,
1: yeah. See,
2: what's crazy is, can hey, you imagine if you're being on a on br- bridge. I think I was about to say the same thing. Think if so, you're bro. driving across a bridge and you feel that shit going. Bro, I don't even know what I think. What I'm you getting paid. Are you, I'm... I'm... are you flooring Hell it? Are you flooring it? I don't know. I'm
0: getting paid. You're not if I making it, it. Nah, dude. You don't know if you're you going to make it. You tell me you're not going to floor it. My wife's going
1: to get paid.
2: My wife and kid are going to be straight. Bro, I'm flooring that shit. <laughs> you know, And if I realize I'm not making it, I'm... I'm going off the side because I'm gonna land on my own, not with this thousands and bro, thousands see of tons thing, of concrete. Like I'm you the worst these, person to get into. superhumans, <laughs> I think I could tuck and roll it,
0: bro. If you hit my car, if you rear end me, I'm opening my door, rolling out, acting like I'm dying. I'm getting paid. <laughs> I'm getting paid. You one of those type of guys. I got, <laughs> got rear
2: ended in the tunnel. Last year. It's and I never got my up. car fixed.
1: First of all, we gotta we gotta say pause. Y'all both talking about getting <laughs> rear ended. I'm confused. That that's a come up, bro. I'm getting paid, bro. dude. But
2: you're getting paid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> I tell you this right now, there's only one time where I'm like, should I keep this going to get more money? So bro, I got in that a one. hit and run. Mm. Bro, first of all, they hit me, bro. And my dog in the back yelped because when they hit me, she didn't have like a, mm-hmm. a strap on or nothing, bro. She flew from one side of the car to the other. But then I hit my head off the stairwell, and I, like, open my eyes, and I see dude backing up. But the police took, like, 30 minutes. I'm still in the whip, like, low-key stuck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, maybe I should, like, make this a little bit more for insurance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bro, if you <laughs> don't have that thought, you're lying. Yeah if you know say you don't have that thought, you're crazy. Yeah, no. Bro, I went into a Jimmy John's the other day, and the floor was mopped, and there was no sign around, and I thought, hmm, <laughs> if I just, my <laughs> neck, my hmm. back, my neck, <laughs>
1: And my back. (laughs) I didn't
2: do it,
0: though. Bro, so uh, the plaza I work in, we have a Mexican restaurant next to us where my suite is. And the one night, uh, something caught on fire there. I have clients that all live near there. And, like, you know how people are in, like, the Facebook groups. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God. Uh, The My Salon Suites are on fire. I'm like,
1: please, (laughs) God. Because, like, literally
0: the week before, since I'm looking at storefronts, I had to get... um, like a bigger insurance Mm -hmm. for myself and stuff like that. So I just put my suite as my business address for now because I'm going through the county to get a small business loan. Mm -hmm. So they had all these requirements. Bro, when they said it was on fire, I literally told my wife, I was like, I'll be right back. I was like, I'm going to see. Because I was like, if this is on fire, I was like, this might be the best moment of my life. (laughs) Come on. I got $250,000 policy on my suite, which my suite's maybe... Half the size of this, if not less. Wow. So I was like, and all the stuff I got in there, I mean, the amount of barber equipment I have and all the stuff I put in there, mm-hmm. probably around like $40,000, $50,000. So I was like, I'm about to buy me a whole building. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he says, come up. yeah, Dude, I was so excited. I pull up. <laughs> <laughs> I pull up. There's like, not even gonna lie, like 16 fire
2: trucks. My man's over there rubbing sticks together. It's the,
0: <laughs> it's the Mexican restaurant. I was so upset, bro. He was like, I ain't getting nothing. Because I called the one girl that I'm friends with. Her name's Kaylee. She's a lash artist there. I'm like, yo, I think the I think our skin are on fire. She's like literally about to cry because like she spent so much money on putting her lash stuff in there. She's like, let me know, let me know, bro. I get there, I text her. I was like, man, it ain't on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to
1: cry? He's like, damn. I was right.
0: so upset. <laughs> I felt bad for the one girl because like hers was like she shared a wall with the Mexican restaurant. Right. They went in there. The fire department took like the hook and just ripped her whole ceiling out. So like all her stuff was like it just had Torch. yeah, it was just dang, bro. That's sweet next. And to then us. they don't even care. They just <laughs> they're like, well, there's no fire in
2: here. Wow. They didn't even clean up. But Dude, they oh, didn't sweep
0: really? nothing up. The fire department just left everything.
2: And then you just were like tapped into your disaster cleanup days and you were like, I got this. <laughs> no, I was like,
0: <laughs> I walked by, I was like,
2: damn. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks for whoever <laughs> got to do that.
1: Damn. So, last yeah. um, question for me, last question for me. I wanted to ask you, when did you know for sure that you wanted to be a barber?
0: honestly we had like a layoff from the carpenters union and like it was a thought in my head for the longest time like I said I wanted to do it since I was younger so I was like driving home the one day and for some reason there was a detour and at the time I was living in Delmont out like by Murraysville and I ended up going past where the barber school is Mm -hmm. and I was like so, I pulled into the parking lot, and I'm like, when's your next class start? And they're like, uh, three weeks. I was like, sign me up. Mm. And Ever since then. I'll tell you what, though. there is a couple times that I was like, damn, was this the right choice? Like, when I was going through barber school and my money was tight, when I first got into a barber shop, and, like, I don't know. I feel like I was under the same impression that a lot of new barbers are like, oh, once I get this license, it's over. It's really cracking. Right? Yeah. Bro, I'll tell you the first barbershop I was in like no fault of the owners, but he brought me in another new barber on. So we were like kind of fending for ourselves with the walk-ins. Right. Um, I left there, went to this place out in Greensburg called comrades barbershop. And, uh, Greg was just like, very honest with me. He was like, you know, there's eight barbers here. He was like, I don't really know about bringing on another one right now. I'm like, bro, I don't even care. Like just, I just want somewhere to cut and right. brought me on. Um, and, like, I knew it was going to be growing pain, so I just watched the guys that were busy, saw what they did, how they did their customer service. And uh, the best advice that I got from Greg was take what you can from everybody. He was like, not everything's going to work for you the same way it does for them. So what he says focus on what works for you and uh, constantly just keep trying to grow and get better. So when I wasn't busy, I mean, Greg has two barbershops. Dude's busy from, like, seven AM till he's there after all of us left right. cutting hair. So when I'd be there, I just go sit in the back and watch him cut hair. Right. Dude's a man of very, very few words. In the time that I worked for him, I think we probably talked for twenty minutes total. wow like, just like he's one of those guys, he's he's very serious about what he does. And he like when I first got hired, I mean obviously we had like a conversation, but uh I don't know. I just saw like his work ethic and his drive and it kind of like inspired me seeing like the kind of life he has. He has a really nice house, amazing cars. I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy. Cause like he came from Kansas city with nothing, opened a barbershop, advertised it as 24 hours, seven days a week. Damn. Worked by himself, would show up whenever anybody wanted to cut. His whole story is crazy. I don't, I don't know his whole story, but, uh, I listened to it when he was on a podcast and, uh, it just inspired me. And then like, when I went to my suite, um, I moved 45 minutes away from comrades and, uh, I remember like my first two weeks, I probably did like six haircuts Mm. and I was like, maybe I should go to a barbershop. And I just kind of like just bet on myself and just kept posting on social media, kept offering free haircuts for people to come try me posting in Facebook groups Getting banned from
2: Facebook groups. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta go through it. Who was your first like big client that you had?
0: So I'm not even gonna lie. When I was in barber school, I got Teddy Bluger and Zach Trotman from the Penguins while I was still in barber school. I hit them up the one day. I was like, "Yo, when you guys are here for training camp, let me cut you." And he's like, "All right, bet." So they hit me up, and I was still in barber school. And if you miss school. Like every, every day that you miss, I think is like $10 added onto your tuition or something like, or $10 per hour or something Shoot. crazy like that. So I'm already like in trouble with the barber school. Cause like nobody wants to be in school in the middle of summer. So I'm going fishing, swimming, <laughs> going <to> bed, <laughs> just missing school. And my instructor's like, Dave, you know, like you can't, I'm like. I'm going like, I was like, I don't care what you guys say. Right. So I, I get there and I'm cutting them in the hotel across from the penguins practice facility. I definitely lied. I was like, Oh yeah, I've been doing this for years. Like, <laughs> cut them up. Uh, they were super cool though. Like, uh, really nice guys. But, uh, I would say those were like the first like big name athletes. Like Teddy Bluger's pretty big now. He plays for the Vegas golden Knights. Okay. And I've been, I cut them until he got traded. But then, um, I would say up until, like, Luke Combs, the biggest person I cut was uh, Jason Zucker, which me and him are really
2: tight. Yeah. He's a really great guy. Uh, That's awesome, dude. I mean, just seeing you go from, you know, I, I just always have such a respect for people who not only just do something and just start and not know, like, the destination, um, but, you know, people that have been through different jobs. Right. It will gives you a new appreciation for what you do now, I'm sure. Because you, you know what those other jobs look like and the freedom that this allows you to have.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, there's so many people that are like, oh, you need to stay humble, this and that. But, like, they don't realize that I actually appreciate all the cool stuff I get to do. Like, uh, the first time I cut Jason Zucker, I mean, it was a really cool moment for me. I'm a huge Penguins fan growing up. And uh, just getting to see, like, him as a person. And, right. like, he has a bond with my daughter, my six-year-old daughter Ainsley, awesome. uh, when
1: that's huge, man.
0: Dude, she's so upset that he doesn't have a new contract yet. Like, it's hey, so crazy. Like, and then how tight she is with like know. Johnny Patrician.
2: Yeah, let him know. Penguins, <laughs> get on it. Our Fenway boy, Sports man. Group, bring our give
0: Jason down. $6 million in five years.
2: <laughs> hey, no, he deserves it. He deserves <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: man. but honestly, uh, yeah, Jason's one of the nicest people you'd ever meet. The amount of charity stuff he does, uh, the stuff that him and his wife do for the Minnesota community. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just like absolutely crazy the kind of stuff this guy does that honestly doesn't get recognized enough by the media. All they care about is, like honestly, the on-ice production, but there's so much more to these guys. A lot of these athletes I cut.
2: That's the theme with sports and media is nobody gives a damn about anything in the media other than the numbers and what's going to give them clicks. So if an athlete's doing well, they'll post it. If they're doing really awful, they'll post it. But if they're doing this... X, Y, and Z outside, and that ain't gonna get them no clicks, so they ain't gonna And that's what's sad, man. It. They don't it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. right? And
1: it's starting to become a little bit better, but positivity is uncool, right? It's not something that people are looking for. It's not gonna get them to the clickbait, it's not gonna get them what they wanna get out of it, right? But that's where we have to come in, right? You have to change the game with by giving without expecting anything in return. And I feel like that's a tough thing for people right now, especially in Pittsburgh, is a lot of
2: people give but then always expect something in return bro right? i got i got the best merch idea while well, you were just talking <laughs> a red hat and <laughs> it just says make positivity great again <laughs> you know what <laughs> Listen, <laughs> i'd be with it because right now <laughs> things is
1: rough out here man i'm telling you bro we need positivity right now bro yeah. it's the most simple thing that you can give as a gift
0: speaking about positivity have you ever met coach signetti Yeah, Coach Sig is my dog. He's from my area. Yeah, I cut him all the time. So uh, I cut Coach Signetti and his brother-in-law, Matt. But the first time I ever cut Coach Signetti, I'm like, man, this dude is, like, happy as hell. Who's Coach Signetti? He's the offensive coordinator. Oh, Oh, for for Pitt. Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And I'll tell you what. I cut him a couple times and... Every time he, like, introduces me to someone, he's like, this is the best best barber in Pittsburgh. This is Pittsburgh Dave, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Coach Signetti, he's honestly, like, one of those guys, like, I remember when he was going through, like, all the stuff with his dad, uh, losing his dad and, like, his dad being in the hospital and stuff like that. Not once when I was around him or cutting his hair or seeing him at the facility, you would never know anything was going on in his personal life. He's like, one of those guys, like, he doesn't let that stuff kind of show but he's also, like, regardless of what he's going through, he was still at the game the day that his dad died. He coached the game, did great. And then, like, how he just handles everything. like
1: He handles adversity yeah, really well.
0: He's very, like, that dude is just so professional, always has something good to say. Um, he w- saw my daughter after my daughter lost her soccer game two weeks ago. My daughter had a great game, by the way. And <laughs> had to put that out yeah, there. Yeah, my daughter Ainsley killed shout it. Out. But uh, give her a shout out real yeah, quick, man. Yeah, you did great, Ainsley. Very <laughs> proud of you. But uh, Coach Signetti, I mean, he just talked to her about like, no matter if you play well or not, like as long as you have passion for the game, that's all that matters. And just like the conversation he had with her about her playing soccer and her wanting to pursue sports and stuff like that was pretty cool. And I mean, obviously, he didn't have to do that, right. but. Mm -hmm. He's just a great all-around guy, and uh, I'm very thankful to have somebody like him as a client. And then another guy I want to give a shout-out to, I have to give two shout-outs, Johnny Patrician and and Terrence Moore. Those are the two guys that got me into the pit facility. Um, I reached out to Johnny Patrician on Instagram and was like, yo, let me kill your haircut. He came in, and when he came in, it was when I was still building clientele, and I was like, yo if you refer somebody to me or whatever, I was like, I'll give you a free haircut for every person you refer. So then he just started bringing guys from the football team. Listen. He's like, put me down for two haircuts. <laughs> he was like, so he brought Nate Temple. Temp, And then he brought Terrence Moore. And then like, they just kept coming all the time. And they would like send other guys like Blake Zivovich, uh Gabe Hoy, like all these guys. And then the one day I was like joking with John. And I'm like, you gotta get me down at the facility, bro. And he was like, All right, I got you. And then he had somebody from the uh, football operations reach out to me. And they're like, Hey, you want to come down, check out the facility, and do a haircut? I was like, Yeah, cool. <laughs> Went down there. And then it was a wrap from there.
1: I can't even lie to you, bro. I told JP this the other day. I was like, I love that you play ball, bro, but I can't wait to see what you do after, bro. Because he's just the we master connector. When I cut bro. him, master connector.
0: Dude, I told him, I was like, You have to get on TV. He'll be like, on yeah. TV. Yeah, I said TV, radio, something. I was like, there's no way. He's like, I mean, too good of a kid. He's so well-spoken to. Yeah, gr- great too, kid.
2: How do we get him on our podcast?
0: I was he's supposed
1: gonna... to have... Listen, I ain't even going to lie. JP, you're going to see this because I'm going to send this to you. I apologize because it's my fault. <laughs> he had hit me and he said, bro, you should slide through. He said, we should hang out. He's very busy. I'm very busy. Yeah, but no. that's one of my close that's friends since... Yeah. I'm talking about, like, here. Really? Me and JP go back to seventh grade. Wow. Dang. And JP, bro, we used to go at it. Like, he went to Burrow, I went to Apollo, and I used to move around a lot, man. Yeah. We used to play against each other, and then we became teammates on AAU basketball. And, man, you couldn't stop us, bro. I'm telling you right now, we was having <laughs> dunk competitions in the middle of the game, bro. Yeah,
0: yeah. I saw the video of him dunking because he told me he could dunk. I was like... <laughs> he, listen, he's dummy athletic.
1: People yeah. don't know this,
0: bro. JP yeah. is an athletic linebacker, man. So, Dude, he's... I, that dude's in...
1: Probably the most rep dude that I could. Oh my god! Like, listen, crazy. Listen to this day, bro. I'm hoping that everything comes your way and you get every blessing you deserve, brother. For real, man. Because that dude, not only is he a great athlete, bro, he's a great person, bro. Yeah, dude. The I amount don't, of girls I don't know him that well, but just my interaction with him on social bro, media.
0: Is the amount of girls that DM me oh, when geez. I post this haircut. Bro, Who is John for oh, I thought you were, about they to were like, hey, no, the amount of girls that DM me about him when yeah. I post his haircut or like when I did that video with the bra, they're yeah. like, oh, who's who's that first guy? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I, I yeah. told him, I was like, I can't even post your haircuts no more because my DMs are crazy. Yeah. I was like, you need to go on the Bachelor,
1: something, or bachelors, bro. You
2: should check your demographic. Dude. After <laughs> you post him and before. Crazy. get a lot more of a female audience.
1: Listen, JP's always been like that, though. That's always been the problem. We the ladies, go, man. Yeah, We couldn't go <laughs> nowhere, bro. Every AAU game. JP! <laughs> I'm like, man, what about Trey? <laughs> <laughs> but nah, bro. Good dude, man. Good dude. I'm, I'm praying for Thank my you. boy. Can't wait for him to get back from
2: New York. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we can get him in here and be yeah, on the podcast sure. with us as well. Uh, I want to end it on this. I've been staring at it the whole time. Die a legend. What does die a legend mean to you?
0: So my mentor, Chris Bossio, owns Team 45, and that's their slogan. And uh, just the way that that he carries himself, the way that he cares about his business, and the way that he cares about barbers that truly want to get themselves to financial freedom. So it's not like, oh, just keep raising your prices, do this, do that. Like, the mentorship... It's pretty expensive to get into, but you have 24-hour access to him. We have a Discord group that we share our wins. We share what we're doing with our business, stuff like that. There's guys that are light years ahead of me. my one boy, Jordian, he's actually nominated for Rookie of the Year. So we have a barber Grammy thing this mm-hmm. Saturday at the CT Barber Expo.
2: You want a re- You just won. What was the award you won?
0: Uh, I won Barber of the Year last year for Associated Hair Professionals. Congrats, I got man. the cover of their magazine and six yeah. pages on the inside. That's but incredible. yeah, um, it's a whole different uh, oh, like award ceremony than that. But okay. um, my boy Jordian, he's nominated for Rookie of the Year. So I believe he's been out of barber school a little over a year. But in his first nine months, he made $120,000 out of barber school. And he's, I don't want to get it wrong. I think he's like 20, 21 years old. Like, it's young great. dude, like this dude, I told him the other day, I was like, you're going to be a millionaire by the time you're 30. Like, easily. hes He just bought his, I think he just bought his first or second, like, multi family unit, like, house. Wow. So, he's going to be on 30 under 30. Dude, it's crazy. And, like, there's, like, guys like that all in the group. Like, there's this dude, Zach. I'm not, 100% sure where he lives, but he has a barber shop, and then he does, like, a lot of stuff like that, too. Basio has, like, six or seven barbershops in Tampa. He has um, this product line, Team 45. It's, like, barber stuff. He just started uh, Pi Accounting, which is uh, strictly
2: he has accountants that help you as a
0: barber so that you can report your taxes, be able to.
2: So it sounds to me like you're saying you shouldn't do it alone. Yeah, because I mean you, it takes
0: a whole team to get to this. Like Bossio literally changed my career. Like when I joined this mentorship, I w- I mean, I knew how to market myself on social media, but like he taught me Google Business, he taught me like tracking my numbers. Like I didn't know how much money I was making. I was just getting cash and Venmo and stuff like that. And this uh pie accounting service that he does, people think it's expensive, but I mean, $365 a month for me to not have to worry about the IRS coming at oh, me. Oh, for sure. I'm cool with it. And, like, they take care of everything for me. Like, they're like, hey, Dave, you need to do this, or you, sh- you should be you doing, doing more do this. of this. Yeah, and, like, they switched me from an LLC to an S-Corp because this past year I found out I owed 29000 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, I mean, they've just, they've saved my butt yeah. so many times. And, like, uh, the way Bossy just genuinely cares about elevating you but like you have to put in the work like there's dudes that sign up for this they Mm. pay all this money and then like you don't hear nothing from them Mm. they're not on we have weekly calls every wednesday it can range from like an hour to a couple hours depending on his schedule but um there's different topics so last week they we talked about opening barbershops and how to go about negotiating leases and stuff like that um it's a different topic every week but every week He gives you. He gives enough time for you to share, like, if you had a win or like some question that you have or something like that, and then he creates a community for him. Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, this guy does not get the roses that he should for what he does. Like, I mean, this guy has changed the barber industry, and I tell him all the time. We all tell him all the time, like, you genuinely don't get enough respect. Mm. Like, if there was like a Mount Rushmore for the barber industry, hands down, he's in it he was the first like real barber to make it from like youtube doing like haircut tutorials right. and like stuff like that and like his story of like where he came from and how him and his wife have been together since high school and like she's been with them every step of the way like he's a rider yeah and justine she's a great great person too i met her at the orlando hair show which was when i got my award and um just like the conversation that i got to have with him so i wasn't in I don't think I was in the mentorship yet when I met up with them. And I went to their Airbnb to watch the boxing match. And I thought I was just going to, like, hang out with them. But, like, he had his whole team there and the educators that work with him. And the amount of feedback that I got and, like, how they genuinely cared about, like, helping me out and giving me, like, ideas and stuff like that. Um, It was just crazy. And, like, how nice Bossy and his wife were. Like, he could have just been, like, super stuck up. But he was cool. Yeah, and I think that was, like, the moment that I was, like, yeah, I want to do this mentorship. Like, seeing just, like, the amount of value I got from sitting with him for a couple hours. Right. I mean, it was dope, honestly. And, um, yeah, so, like, Die a Legend, to me, I want to leave something behind when I go. Like, whether it's me just giving education or some type of knowledge, whether it's, like, haircut knowledge or, like, how to market yourself or – whatever. I just want to leave something and definitely want to be able to leave something for my daughter and my future kids. So I want my daughter to be able to not like my daughter already has a better childhood than I did. I mean, I get to take her to concerts. Her favorite country artist is Granger Smith and like we literally travel. I took her to meet and greets. I take her to, how old is she? She's six. So I take her to like, I've taken her to the pit facility for some haircuts. Um, she loves Jason Zucker from the Penguins, Johnny Patrician. Um she loves going to pit football games. Uh this this season, uh Coach Signetti said he'll make sure that she comes down on the field That's for huge, like man. pregame stuff. Yeah. My daughter, she's just like she's all about just like whatever. Like she's big into sports, so anything that deals with sports that she gets to do with me, she absolutely loves. She loves penguin games.
1: That's a blessing, man. Yeah. She
0: loves
2: whatever you do, bro. Yeah, she's just like excellent. she's like she me. Loves yeah, sure but you know. I mean
0: the experience. I think her, like, actually knowing the athletes, though, that are out there. Like, it's huge. when we go to the Penguins games, all she cares about is when Jason's on the yeah. ice. Or, like, when we go to the Pit games, uh, like, some of the guys that I cut that she's met, like, Terrence Moore, uh, Jason Collier, guys like that. <laughs> Big J. Yeah, she's just, like, she's so invested because she, like, knows the guys personally. Yeah, right. So, I think that's, like, like, the first time I took her to a Penguin game after she met Jason... She was like, oh, like he actually like does play because like she saw him in warm-ups yeah. with his helmet off. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I think it hit her like at that moment. like, like oh. That's crazy. My so, dad cuts him. So my
1: <laughs> last question, I said yeah. my last question, my last question last time. This is our favorite, well, my favorite concept because he kills this concept. Yeah. If you had to build an NFL jersey right now, first things first, what team are you picking? <laughs> yeah. Second thing is, what are they going to look like? Like, what's the swag on them?
0: Dang. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person because I ain't a fashion guy, but I definitely would do something with the Steelers jersey. Like, I okay. mean,
1: I
2: get that it's classic. Talk to me. Walk me through it.
0: I just love. I, lo- I so, like, love watching I love you do concept. this segment.
2: By the way, this is like this is a treat to me. I love the concept. <laughs>
0: you know, the Pirates one with like the cursive Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, dude, something like that with the Steelers. Like Steelers in cursive, like that. Like, okay, I think that would be dope. Like, I don't know why, but that's like my all-time favorite jersey is the Pirates one, like that. That is sick. And then like. Something different with the helmet. What's the helmet? uh,
1: Man. would you ask him? I don't know. What's the helmet going to look like?
0: Kind of like how the... Obviously, it's like the same color scheme that they have now, but like an S, kind of like how the Washington Commanders... Okay. Hmm. How they have that W. Okay. I just think that's so hard. Okay. I don't know. But there's always... like I mean, I know I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for staying the Steelers jersey, because that's (laughs) just traditional. Right. Like... You can't change what ain't broken.
2: We had Benny Snell on and he redesigned it as if there was no tradition (laughs) that he was ever worried about. So don't worry about it, dude. But yeah, uh, Write that up.
0: (laughs) And then me, like I guess like the second one, if I had to choose, would be the penguins. Just go back to the Robo Penguin and then do some like crazy like color scheme with it. I'm honestly a big fan of like the gradient gray one that they did. A lot Mm. of people hate that jersey. But like that's my childhood, bro. No, I, I love like, that. I love that jersey. I was I was a Penguins fan when they sucked. Like I was a fan of like Marty Straka. Like, yeah. Nobody knows who that is. Yeah. If, unless you're a real Penguin fan. Trust me, I, I was
2: there. He yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there for me. I remember.
0: Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. My junior year of high school, I cried when Detroit beat us. Cried when. We oh, yeah. lost the Stanley when Cup. When oh, Austin came man. in and. Oh should, my God. Dude,
2: we should have won that. I was so we, we happy, though, when we that beat them in
0: 09 and yeah. got to see Hosek crash.
2: Yep, yeah, it was on the other side of it. That, <laughs> was, that was a great time to be I can't alive. even lie to y'all, man. I didn't become a hockey fan
1: until I got to college. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Hockey bro, I'm, never not ever make it to my neighborhood. Bro, I'm, uh, uh, look at that. I'm Crosby, Crosby. he dies from the inside of the wrist. Let me see. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's bro, I'm, a,
0: I'm a huge Penguins guy. That's like, dope, man. Honestly. When Me and my daughter's mom split. They used to say Lauren here, and I got the skyline that says back to back underneath it.
1: (laughs) Hey, hold on, (laughs) talk about love. (laughs) This boy said, Man, I love this one of my ex, bro. That's all you know. That's all you need to know about me. I respect it though. That's amazing. I
0: remember I I showed up to pick up my daughter, and she saw that, and she was like,
1: Dang. (laughs) <laughs> how, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. No, that's hilarious. But, hey, we appreciate you for coming on, man. Yeah. Appreciate yes, your time. Yeah, is there so,
2: anything before we go that you want to plug, give people a heads up, how they can contact you, or what's, like, a takeaway for that? Yeah, man.
0: Uh If you guys want to book a haircut with me, stillcitybarberlounge.com. I am in the My Salon Suites next to El Campesino. I'm appointment only. Uh And also, uh make sure you guys attend a pit football game because i'm at every single home game i love supporting my guys and if you guys have any questions about booking a haircut or if you guys want to just ask me questions about becoming a barber or the
2: barber industry
0: i'm always open to hearing about it so reach out to me on instagram at pittsburgh dave underscore
2: dope, yeah, man, man. I'm excited you got some ideas coming up for some country. If you're a country artist watching this and you got some scruffy looking hair, you might end up in your DMs. Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen. Yeah, yeah. He's got a little more time to get in your book now. Like, yeah,
0: you do. He's got to wait, right? August 30th, I got you. I'm going to be cutting. Oh, I forgot. I got to plug this. August 30th, gold lot. I'm going to be cutting two of my clients in the back of a Jeep Gladiator. And uh, I'm... I'm going to be offering free haircuts if you're getting a mullet. So, if you want a mullet,
1: <laughs> stop by Gold
0: Lot. I'm I'm bringing my barber That's chair right.
1: with ratchet. Strapping it into the back of the Jeep gladiator. Go. I just want to let you know, you got me fucked up. If you think I'm gonna do that, I'm just gonna be <laughs> real. Cheap, you looked at me saying I'm gonna get a mullet. Nah, sugar. You're up for the show, bro. Nah, sugar. On, hey, man. You hear me, Anthony? Nah, sugar. That's gonna yeah. be my new thing. Yeah, yeah. Nah, sugar. Mm-hmm. But nah, for sure, man. I think that's that's beautiful, man. So August 30th, they should come see you for the mullet. The you mullet. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so talk to my man Gavin Bartholomew because I know he got the mullet going right Dude, now. Dude, I've been trying to get him.
0: I don't know what's going on with him. He follows me. He likes my stuff, but. I hey, man. Think he, he might be loyal to someone, so. And you can't cool, even be cool. mad. You I kidding? can't be mad at him. He's a beast, though. I'm hey. telling you.
1: I can't wait to see him
0: play on Sundays.
1: It's going to be interesting, bro. He got some time, but it's definitely coming to him. So we appreciate you again.
2: Yes, sir. VC2. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. This has been great. Thanks Anytime, for coming guys. In. Thanks for watching, guys. Go subscribe, like, share, all that. Peace out.
1: Go <laughs>